Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, Courageous People. And now, here's today's message. Well, hello and welcome to Courageous Church. This is a Courageous Church for Courageous People just like you. Yes, it is Sunday again. We are not at the Brian Glacier Jewish Community Center today. We are, are at our home at Bedside Baptist. And uh, I'm hoping that wherever you're watching Courageous Church from, that you're doing so with one hand up in the air. When we say halle, you say luya. When we give praise, you give praise too. When we respond to the message, we want you to respond to the message too. Throw something at the TV today if you're watching it from YouTube, if you're watching us from Facebook, share it with somebody because somebody's page needs the light of Christ on their page, I promise you. Go ahead and be a social media evangelist today and share this link to this page somewhere where someone else can watch this service with you. Don't watch church alone. Watch it with somebody else that their life can be changed to. Listen, we are excited because we're in a, a brand new series. We just kicked this this year off. Welcome 2022. Hello, somebody. This is the year that we're calling Double Portion. That's right. We're in a series called Double Portion. Last week, man, we started this traction moving in the direction of this great man of God named Elisha and Elijah. We tracked the history of their, uh, their interaction with each other, and we came to understand some things about them that poured a great foundation for this amazing series called Double Portion. And here's what God has put in my spirit for our church and for those of us who watch Courageous Church and call this our church home. And this is a year that we're going to see double uh, we're going to see double results from what God is doing in our lives. And I really believe that over the last year or two, as a lot of us have kind of not been able to do some of the things that we desire to do, or maybe you did get to do some of the things you desire to do. I just believe in my spirit as I begin to pray about 2022, that double portion is our word for the year. So I'm just believing God is going to be double the response. I believe it's going to be double. double the amount of doors that will be open before you. I just believe that God is up to something that's going to be exponential this year, uh, more so than most years. So I just, I want you to get ready, get your seatbelt on, get ready. I believe God is about to do some great things. He's about to open some doors before you so that you can walk in that double portion, okay? So let's get further into it. Last week, my goodness, first of all, let me just say this. It seems like when I pray for the books, good things happen. So I'm just going to minute throw by the greatest quarterback that God has ever created named Tom Brady. This man is absolutely amazing. Tom Brady, if you're watching, shameless plug, you should come check out Courageous Church. It's full of courageous people just like you, homie. I'm just saying, okay? But God is up to some great things in our city, and uh, man, I'm telling you, this is the city of champions, and listen, we got to continue to pray for our champions. So let's just, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up our bucks to you. We pray that they would just beat down those Carolina Panthers today. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, it don't have to be long. Just we're just gonna come in agreement, just believe in God for big things today as they hit the field. But before you go and watch the Bucks, and before you get your 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 buffalo dip, and before you get your, your cheeseburgers going, before you get your sliders, let's slide on into this word because I believe God has something in store for you today. So lean in, lock in, take some notes. Hello, somebody, so that you can go to the next level and see a double portion in your life. All right, let's get there. Okay, so we're gonna go back into the message. And back into this uh, scripture that we opened up last week, as I begin to chew through last week's message, I said, God, where do you want me to go with this next week of double portion? Because I feel like I dropped a lot of things and I said a lot of things God wanted me to say to just unpack the double portion. And so right now, uh, I, I feel like last week we laid a great foundation. We showed a lot of different things and areas of Elisha's life 
that added up to a double portion. It was a great message called, Do I Qualify? And so we found out what the qualifications of double portion looked like. And so one of those qualifications that I talked about and that we ended the message on was the fact that Elisha served Elisha for six years. Somebody say six in the chat. Mm -hmm. Six, 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 yes. Uh, six years Elisha serves Elisha. I thought that this would be a great thing to come back to, to talk about and unpack just a little bit more this week. So I want to take you into the scriptures here just a little bit. And, uh, and I want to show you uh, the scripture basis, just the foundation that I'm going to continue to read every single week that talks about this double portion. So let's go there real quick. It's 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. It's 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. And it says this. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha says, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. My goodness gracious. I still get excited when I read that scripture because this man was pretty bold and straightforward to ask this man for a double portion of what God had already poured out on his life. He was saying, if you did 16 miracles, I'm believing God for 32. If you did, if you open the waters, I want the waters to open for me too. taken up by the whirlwind the mantle is dropped down and Elisha picks up Elijah's mantle and the first thing he goes to do is the same miracle that he saw his leader do which is a leadership lesson all by itself you see God is exposing you to some things this is a prophetic word for somebody God is exposing you to some things right now that you're going to end up doing just the same way that you saw it so don't spend your time fussing and being angry about the fact that you're not moving fast enough, maybe God has you moving slow so you can take notes so that when you get in the seat, you can do the same exact thing and you'll know exactly how to do it. Oh my goodness, I think that's good all by itself. If you didn't show up for anything else but just that right there, you need to write that down and put a pen in it because I believe God's gonna have you come back to that thing. That's real good right there. Anyway, let's keep going because I really wanna focus on the fact that Elisha serves Elijah for six years, six years. And we talked about the level of sacrifice that it was required in order to serve anybody for six years, six years of question asking, six years of inquiring, six years of being corrected, six years of being taught how to do something that you don't know, six years of being exposed. We talked about all of that last week, but I really wanna focus on what Elisha was doing in that six year period. And that's what I want us to focus most of our attention on as we dig deeper into this double portion series. And I wanna take you to the text in 2 Kings chapter three, verse 11, where it, where it expounds upon the main thing that Elisha did with Elijah over the six years that he was with them, okay? Because I don't want you, I don't want you flipping out on me saying, serving somebody, serving something. Yeah, I got you. I hear you. I can hear you. But I want I want you to hear the scriptures. And then we're going to dig this thing up a little bit. 
because I believe that what Elisha does for six years before he sees a double portion come upon his life by the mantle that was dropped by Elijah, I believe these are notes that we need to take and that we need to be leaning into in order to see a double portion come in our lives. And it is this, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, it says, But Jehoshaphat said, mm-hmm, that's a good name. Somebody need a name, they baby. If you got a baby coming this year, Jehoshaphat is a great name. Only four or five syllables. Everybody will be able to remember. Not. I'm just teasing. Jehoshaphat sounds like a great middle name in Jesus name. Okay, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the kings of Israel's servants answered and said, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Sheesh, this is good all by itself. He pours water on the hands of Elijah. Okay, so, so, so when you ask the question, what was Elisha doing in the six-year period while he was waiting for a double portion to hit his life? I need you to put in the chat the name of this sermon today. Are you ready? I want you to write this down. Everybody's going to want to write this down. You ready? Write it out right in the chat right here. This is what I'm going to talk about today. Ready? It's called... Make mine a double. Mm. I'm going to let that marinate and sit for a second. Make mine a double. Elisha served his way into a double portion, just like waiters serve us when we come to the restaurants. And when a, when, 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 when a waiter comes to the table, the same thing that someone else is ordering, he usually makes it a double when he goes to the kitchen and doubles up whatever it is that he was doing because he realizes that he doesn't have to have just one, but he needs two to fulfill the order at the table. Ah, I just believe this is going to be the year where God is going to expose you to something that's going to cause double to come upon your life as you serve. Hello, somebody. We're serving because when we're serving, we're not swerving in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Awesome God, do only what you can do today. I pray that you will stand up big in me, bigger than me, overcast me, hide me behind this small thing I'm standing in. I don't know what this is I'm standing in front of, but hide me behind it that no one would see me, but everyone would hear and see you. I pray, Father, that you would keep me from being a distraction from your word today. I bind every distraction that will come against every person that's listening right now. I pray for the next few minutes, Father, that every person that's watching, God would get and hear what you had to say to them. I thank you by the time we get to the end of this message, Father God, that a double portion anointing would fall on our lives as we commit to serving. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, I want to make it real. I want to go straight to the point, and I want to get right down to what I want to share with you guys. I really believe that serving has gotten a bad reputation in today's society. As a matter of fact, we have a real issue with our restaurants right now and the fact that we don't have enough servers nationwide to serve people. And it it has become a scary thing to see when you go to restaurants today when there's not enough servers because you know when there's not enough service, there's not enough service being provided in the place and then things move a lot slower and and people's orders are taking much longer and it's just much more difficult to get a refill and all of those kind of things. Yeah, we're all flustered and frustrated. But just remember, okay, don't be mad at those who showed up. I just want to say that for somebody right there. Don't be mad at those who showed up because at least they're there and they're trying their best to serve. But what I'm saying is, is not only the restaurant business needs more servers. I believe that the kingdom of God needs more servers. I believe that the kingdom of God could benefit from having more people who are service minded, who are committed to serving the cause of Christ and doing whatever it takes to see a kingdom win 
in your city. My goodness gracious. I believe that God is calling us to servanthood. I believe that there is no other hood but servanthood that you could live in to make God happy. I believe that Jesus said the greatest amongst us are the servants. Uh-huh. And, and I just believe that as you catch your true revelation about servanthood and about what servanthood tr is truly about and how to walk in servanthood, I truly believe that it unlocks the door for exponential growth and development in your life, in your personal life, in your spiritual life, in your career. I believe that, that serving does something to the heart that absolutely accelerates the plan and the mission of God that is on the inside of you. Let's talk about it. So here are five things we learn from serving. Number one. do the job before having the job. Ooh, this is good. See, let me tell you, back in the day, they, they used to make a really big deal of what they call on-the-job training, okay? On-the-job training. And, you know, it, it was cool, and everybody thought it was really nice, and, you know, you got to stand next to somebody as they performed the job, and they, they were in the heat of the moment, and you got to see them in the heat of the moment, and all of those kind of things would happen. But then they started realizing that, man, when we put these people out here, and we put them in on-the-job training, okay, without first giving them training before they hit the floor, that, that there's a good chance that the character and the DNA of our company may not actually exude from that person at the utmost level because they need training before they hit the floor. Oh, this is some good stuff, you see. So, so, so what, what serving does is it teaches you how to do the job before you have the job. Oh, this is good. It teaches you how to walk in what God called you to be before you become what God called you to be. It teaches you how to teach the word of God before you're a teacher of the word of God. It you have to sing a song. Why? Because this is how God teaches us and he trains us. And this is great because nobody, this is not the time in the age where you just want to fumble around with on the job training as it relates to your purpose. You see, you don't want to mess up your purpose and jeopardize the opportunities that God is opening up before you and the doors that he's creating in your life for you to step out and do great things because you don't know how to do it, because you haven't sat long enough to be trained on how to do it. It just interests me that oftentimes in most career paths that are taken very seriously, it's required of you to have a certain level of education. that have to be taken in order for you to qualify for the role or the position. And so we understand that in the professional world oftentimes, but it, it's interesting that sometimes when it comes to purpose and especially spiritual purpose, especially what God has called you to do here on the earth, sometimes we don't take it as serious enough in order to sit ourselves in a position where we can serve someone or something long enough or an organization long enough so that we might be able to understand and obtain the understanding and the knowledge we need in order to thrive in that thing that God is calling us to do. I'm speaking to somebody right now that continues to resist to, to, to go and do whatever it is that you need to do to be prepared for what God called you to do. You see, you got to To, 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 to,
yourself in a position where you can watch someone else do it before you get to do it. You see, Elisha learned from watching Elijah. You see, Elisha sat for six years and watched Elisha call down fire from heaven. Elisha watched Elijah for six years get fed by ravens. Elisha watched Elijah for six years perform miracles and signs and wonders. Elisha watched Elijah for six years causing uh, 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 children to come alive again by throwing his body on the top of them. Elisha watched Elijah for six years and learned how to perform miracles and signs and wonders. Elisha watched Elisha for six years throw his mantle into the water in the river and watch it split from the left and the right. And that is why as soon as Elijah takes his mantle, the first thing he does is what he saw. Ooh, this is good. This is good. So oftentimes when you step into what God is calling you to step into, you're usually going to perform what you saw. And you're usually going to do it the way that you saw it. And so that's why it's so important that you get yourself in a position where you can serve somebody else that is headed in the direction of your purpose and the plan that God has for your life. But if you don't know your purpose and if you're not in tune with God and if you're not pursuing God's purpose for your life, then you don't know who to serve. This is good. I need you to find the person. I need you to find the church. I need you to find the and sounds like what a God is calling you to be. Uh, uh, that, that, that's making a sound that, that, that ignites purpose inside of you. And when you find that place, and when you know that this is where God has called you to be, put your head down and serve. Take notes every time you show up. Why did you stop taking notes? Why, why did you stop watching and, and looking at things closely? Why did you stop being analytical? Because you allowed your discouragement to come over you because it's taken too long. But I'm telling you, Elisha sat and he watched Elijah for six years and all he did was watch him do his job, watch him flow in purpose. And every time he watched, he got sharper at it. way. Every time he watched, he learned how to walk that thing all the way out. Every time he watched, he became sharper at what he was called to do. And I need you to take some notes in this season that God has you in of waiting and serving and understand that your serving is not something that you're doing just to waste time. Your serving is something you're doing to prepare you for purpose. Whoo, this is good. See, this is the secret sauce right here. See, if you want to accelerate yourself into the purpose and the plan that God has for your life, servanthood is the best hood. And this is what God is trying to help you to see is that he's putting people and things and ministry opportunities and, and, and things in front of you that you're going to be able to take a look at and see it up close and be able to learn how to do your purpose before you have your purpose. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Number two, five things we learn from serving. Number two, serving moves you forward faster. Let me say it again. Serving moves you forward faster. Serving moves you forward faster. Serving moves you forward faster. For, for, forward. Yeah, that's it. Serving moves you forward faster. If you want to move at an accelerated pace towards the purpose and the plan that God has for you and walk in a double portion, the double portion comes as you put your head down and just push the vision that's in front of you currently. See, some of you have been put in a position where you're not the number one person yet, but God has made you the number two or the number three or maybe the number six or you're doing something to help move the mission and the vision forward, whether it's on your job or whether it's in your community or whether it's here at your church, at Courageous Church. God is putting you in a position where you get to put your hands to something in that organization and you get to help push 
the vision forward that God has called that place to accomplish. And, and so you get to put your hands to some part of that mission and you get to touch it and you get to handle it. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I think people discredit what happens when you push something in front of you. See, I need you to think about it a little differently. You see, you can see it as wasted effort because you're pushing something that you didn't build. You can see it as wasted if you wanted, if you wanted to see it that way, but you could also see it a little differently. Let me tell you how I see pushing the vision forward and how, how, how pushing the vision or, or how serving moves you forward fast. Let me show you, let me show you guys something. So Stephen, Stephen's my example here. Stephen represents the vision. Stephen represents the mission. Stephen represents uh, 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 the leadership. See, see Stephen represents uh, the mission, the vision, the values, the 12 stones. If you guys are checking, checking with us at Courageous Church, this is what we're about. And so Stephen represents that. He's, he's the embodiment of all of that. And so, so what happens is, stand right in the middle for me. What happens is, is most of us, start sideways. Most of us, when we think about serving, we think about like the daunting task of like trying to shove and push. And man, I'm wasting energy and effort by getting behind this thing. And man, let me, uh, let me do this. See, see, but when you look at it like that, you don't get anything from it. And you don't realize how God is moving you forward. Let me show you what happens when you change your perspective about getting behind a vision or serving, how serving can move you forward. When you serve someone the right way, you're helping move their vision forward. So when I push you, Stephen, take a small, tangy step forward. So Stephen just moved forward because I was standing behind him and I was pushing him forward. Take one more small step forward again. Stephen moves forward again. But guess what? I just moved forward, too. Oh, somebody just got it. See, I went from standing here by myself to actually attaching myself to a vision that's bigger than me, to a vision that's bigger than just my individual desires and needs. I attached myself to something that was kingdom minded. And as I got behind it, my feet moved to push it forward. And when his, his feet moved forward, so did mine. When his vision moved forward, so did what God put inside of me. See, some of you are failing to realize that when you help someone else push their baby out, it's making your baby leap at the same time. My goodness, you need to understand the value of getting behind something or somebody else or something else and pushing it forward. And every time you push it forward, come back this way, Stephen. I got to show him again. Let me just show him again. You, when you push this thing forward, your feet are moving at the same time that it's going forward. And by the time God gets you set in position to what he's calling you to do, along with pushing somebody else's vision, now you have the momentum. Hello, somebody. You got the momentum to catapult from the vision that you're on when God tells you to go do whatever he's calling you to do. And you got the insight and the information because when you push something, you got to get close to it and you got to put. Hold on. Let me say this to you. This is good right here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's hard to push when you're only pushing with one hand. Some of you, if you want to see double come in your life, use double the effort. Two hands. My hands are on this vision fully. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of you got one foot in and one foot out as it relates to the vision that God has put you under. And if you would just put both feet in the boat, both hands to the plow, and put your head down and just push the vision forward. God says, I'll move you forward faster. God says, every time they step forward, you'll come forward too. But if you keep pushing and you keep one foot out over here and you got one hand over there, watch what happens. Go forward. He's going forward and I'm stuck because I got one foot in and, oh, and one foot out. And the Bible says that against itself cannot stand. The Bible says that a double-minded man, this is the book of James, is unstable in all of his ways. So I've got to make up my mind that servanthood is the best hood, and I'm going to commit myself to what's in front of me, and I'm going to put my hands and my efforts towards what God has put me in, and I'm going to fully apply myself, and I'm going to fully step forward with it. And as it goes forward, you somebody to catch that revelation right there because that's what he has for you in this season of double portion y'all make some noise for Stephen. give me some claps in the chat <laughs>
You see, serving moves you forward faster because it's impossible to push anything forward with all of your effort and not go forward with it. See, you didn't even realize that God was accelerating your spirituality. You didn't even realize that God was increasing your hunger for him. You didn't even realize what you were learning by being that close to something that amazing. You didn't even realize what God was doing when he was exposing you to that close thing like that. You didn't even realize the expertise that you were getting by seeing something that close and fully applying yourself to it. You didn't even realize what was happening as you were fully taking notes. You didn't even realize it, what, you, what was happening as you were holding the sign outside the church saying, welcome to church. You didn't even realize what was happening as you were holding and standing on the cameras. You didn't even realize what was going on in your life as you were helping the, your boss move the vision forward that they set for the year. You didn't even realize when you started posting on social media about what was going on in your organization or your church and how it was changing people's lives and the vision was going forward. You didn't even realize it was preparing you for what God called you to do. And I need you to fall in love with what God has put in front of you so that God can produce what he put inside of you. See, every step you take pushing somebody else forward, your baby leaps, it grows, it nourishes, and it gets stronger. And now you got a plan. Now you understand. Now you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Ah, oh, Elisha, you actually get a double portion because Elijah, Elisha could have just went on and done his own things. But he got to build on what somebody else built. Oh, he got to build on what somebody else labored to build and produce. And when it's kingdom, kingdom is never time wasted. Kingdom is time well spent. My goodness, let me keep going forward. I'm watching them watch the clock, and I got a feeling I'm behind on time. Number three, how to follow well. How to follow well. Listen, never trust a leader who doesn't know how to follow. Never trust a leader without a proven history of following someone else. Oh my goodness gracious. Let me tell you something. You can learn a whole lot as a follower, but it's really difficult to learn from the leading seat all the time. You mean to tell me God has called you to do something great in this world and he's not calling you to follow something or someone? He's not calling you to submit under something or someone? He's not calling you to, to come under something or someone so that you can learn how to do what God called you to do? See, you got to be able to receive orders just as well as you follow or as, just as well as you give orders. You see, if you just fall in love with being a dictator, if you just, let me just say this, if you want purpose so you can be the boss, you're choosing the wrong profession. If you want to be who God called you to be, if you want to be who God called you to be, you can't do what God called you to do without being able to follow well. If you can't follow, then you'll never lead. That's why you got to learn how to follow well. Let me tell you what happens when you, when you, when you actually follow well and then become a leader. You have this gift of compassion that, that leaders alone lack. But someone who's been in your seat before understands what it's like to be you. And when you lead people and you have an instant connection with them because you have followed well before, you know what it feels like to be in the seat of a follower and you know how to nourish them and you know how to nurture them and you know how to have compassion towards their circumstances and their situations. But if you are just in love with being a leader, then just go ahead and be a dictator because that's exactly what you'll be without becoming first a follower before you are a leader. Even Jesus himself came to the earth, not to fulfill his own vision or mission, but he said that I came that I might do that my, what my father in heaven has told me to do. Jesus came to fulfill the assignment of his father that he was submitted under. He was following the lead of his father. One time he even thought to himself, might I just take this into my own hands and just do this a different way? And he went into the he went he went into the valley and he began he began to cry out to God and and and, and sweat began to fall from his brow. And it says he was praying so hard that it turned into drops of blood, trying to come up with another way to do this thing that he was called to do, going to the cross, giving his life. And he says, Lord, 
If it be thy will, can this cup pass from me? But then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. If you don't have a nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, that's a scary place to be stepping into your destiny. I fear for people who step into destiny without first following someone first. I fear for people who step into destiny without getting behind somebody first. I fear for people who step into destiny without submitting to authority and coming under someone first because when you do that, you're giving yourself the opportunity to show God that you're not just out here to produce your own thing, but you are actually here to do his will and not yours alone. Because if you can follow man and submit to man who you can see, you might just, might just, might just submit to God who you cannot see. Ah, this is good. Number four, here we go. And this leads me to my next point. Serving kills selfishness. Let me say that slower. Serving kills selfishness. You see, serving kills the the mentality of I, me, and my. (laughs) This is good. Serving kills I, me, and my every time. What serving produces is words in you like we, our, and us. See, this is, serving is, is about being selfless, not selfish. Serving is putting the needs of other people in front of you. Serving is making sure that everyone else is taken care of first and they are served first and then you are served last. See, serving produces something in you that kills your your desire and selfish ambition to want things the way you want them and just have the things the way you want it, you want to have it. You see, this isn't Burger King. You can't have everything you want your way. See, this is about doing it God's way and making sure that if you're going to walk in the double portion this year, you're going to do it with a selfless mindset, a selfless attitude, a selfless perspective, a selfless uh, part, part, uh, 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 heart, a selfless everything, because until you become a selfless individual, God cannot produce in you what he would desire to produce in you. Why? Because the moment he sees selfishness, it reminds him of the fall of Lucifer. Lucifer said, I will ascend to the hill of the Lord. I shall be exalted. And and Lucifer was all about I, me, and my. And God says, I've kicked selfishness out of heaven once before. I cannot allow selfishness again in heaven or in leadership or in any position that I have commissioned anyone to be in. This is about serving others, not serving yourself, boo. Get over yourself and realize that God has made you to serve a greater cause. His calling on your life is greater than your desire to do whatever it is as an individual. God has called you to be a selfless servant of God kind of reminds me of this concept that I like to teach in leadership called kingdom building versus castle building. See, kingdom-minded people use words like we, our, and us, and they are inclusive of others around them, and they involve everyone else, and they're thinking about the entire kingdom when they make decisions and they do things, and when they serve, oh, this is good, when they serve, they serve because they serve because they love the kingdom and they love establishing the kingdom and seeing the entire kingdom thrive. I love kingdom-minded people because kingdom-minded people make the best servants because they are selfless, but castle-building people are only concerned with I, me, and my. Castle-building people are only concerned with their little house inside of the kingdom. They're only concerned with the castle that sits in the kingdom itself. And as long as the castle is okay, they don't care about what's going on in the rest of the kingdom. And it's a selfish desire and a selfish thought process that would keep us from being able to think about the entirety of the kingdom and people around us. We must keep ourselves in a position where we allow our hearts to be selfless and not selfish. This is a season 
where God is bringing us into double and he's going to do it as we lean in and get our hearts in a position and a posture where we can say, God, I want to build your kingdom and not my individual castles. This is not about what I want, God, but this is about what you want. This is not about my desires, God, but this is about your desires. This is not about how I want it, God. This is about how you want it. This is not about how I see it, Lord, but this is about how you see it. And these are the types of people who are Elisha's in our generation who will walk into a double portion because God can trust your heart with the purpose that he gave you. But if he gives you what you're asking for and you get the thing that you are desiring and you step into your purpose with a selfish mindset, you become a Luciferian person in your in your perspective and you will tear it up because it will be about you and not about him. My God, have mercy. I don't know who this message is for today. But God brought some strong meat for us because he wants us to walk in this double portion in the right mindset of servanthood. My last point. Number five, serving produces the double portion. Serving Elisha, all he did, they say he poured water on Elijah's hands over. He poured water on Elisha's hands. I wish I had a bowl of water. I'd just be pouring it everywhere right now. Just he poured water. On Elisha's hand, if I had a bottle of water, I'd just be throwing water. Over. Just he threw water on Elisha's hands. If I had water right now, this place I'm recording that'll be mad at me because I'd have water all over wet stuff and electronics because all Elijah did was serve. He poured water on Elijah's hands for six years. He poured water on Elijah's hands for six years. He poured water on the hands of Elijah for six years and he served Elijah well. He's, oh, I'll bet you Elisha's resume was so good. I bet you his, re his reference from Elijah was so raving. I'm telling you, this man could go anywhere in the world because of how good he served Elijah. And he served him so good that Elijah had no reservations with turning over everything he had over to him. And he wasn't even a biological son. My God have mercy. Can, do you understand what serving does for the vision that God has given you and the mission that he set you on this earth to do? When you have a servant mindset, God will release something in your heart that will produce fruit in your life that will help other people. And God will see the condition of your heart and he will see that he can trust you with it and he will give it to you and you will begin to inherit things that you did not plant. You'll begin to see a harvest on venues that you did not take plant part in plowing fields into. You will start seeing great, great things come from your life and exponential growth and exposure and opportunity because the people and the missions that you serve, you serve them so well that their reference for you is so raving and God can see the condition of your heart that is a servant. And he says, I can trust a servant with the mission that I gave him. This is why Elisha sees the double portion come on his life because he was a serving, serving prophet. Never heard that before, the serving prophet. He served before he became the prophet. He served his way into becoming the prophet that God called him to be. He served his way to a double portion. And I want to challenge someone today as we close this message out. I want you to make the ultimate decision. I want you to revisit servanthood. I want you to rethink servanthood. I want you to reevaluate what you have taken in into your subconscious mind about servanthood. I want you to reconfigure the way that you have added up what you think serving does. Serving is not beneath you. Serving doesn't make you less than. Serving doesn't make you a slave. Serving doesn't make you any of those things. Serving brings you closer to the heart of God. Serving makes you more like Jesus Christ. Serving makes you submit it so that the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Serving makes you more like the person that God called you to be. And serving is something that the devil never wants any of us to do. Serving is something that pleases the heart of God. So today, as we close this message out, I want to pray for, I want to pray, pray for some Elishas. I want to pray for some Elishas who are making a choice that as I start 2022, 
I'm going to do it with the right mindset because a double portion is waiting on you, but you've got to have the mindset of a servant and be willing to keep pouring water. Keep pouring water. Keep serving faithfully. Keep showing up on time. Keep checking in when you're supposed to. Keep helping other people. Where are our servants? Because God is looking for a servant to release the spirit of double portion on. And when he sees a servant, he has no reservation to release the double portion. Father, I thank you today. Mm. I thank you for every person that tuned in this morning, that tuned in today or if they're listening to the podcast. It doesn't matter when they're listening. I thank you that you call them to hear this word. And I thank you, Father, that 2022 is going to look different for them because they're hearing every word you're speaking to them today. God, I thank you that whatever the Holy Spirit needed us to get from this message, whether it was point one, two, three, four, or five, I pray, God, that we would leave this message ready to do something different, ready to make changes in our lives so that we can come in alignment with the mindset that you would have us to have, which is servanthood. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would make ours a double too. God, we're going to be a double of who Elisha was. If Elisha was a servant, I'm going to be a servant too. If Elisha poured water on Elijah's hands, I want to pour water as well. If Elisha served Elijah, I want to serve whatever leader you put in my life. If Elisha submitted to Elijah, I want to submit to whatever you have me in. And I want to do it with the right heart. Make mine a double, Lord. I want, I want a double portion too. Make what you have for me a double portion as I commit to serving however, whenever, whatever you've spoken to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Listen, if you are listening to this message right now as we close out and you say, I have not made the most important decision, this is the second Sunday of a new year. This is your moment right now to make a decision, the best decision you could ever make, to give your life to Jesus Christ, to come back to Jesus Christ. Maybe you strayed off. Maybe you were on the path. Maybe you were moving and grooving. Maybe something took you off course. I want to invite you right now to the grace of Jesus Christ. It's poured out for you. It's here for you right now. And as we watch this broadcast, it's something that this country boy from Dallas said, touched your heart in some kind of way where you want to get your heart back right with Jesus or you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time. There are people around the screen right now that are watching that you can press the button to say, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you're watching us on Facebook, just put a hand up. All you got to do is that we'll have someone message you. We want to pray for you. I want to know who I'm praying for before I close this service out. I want to know who I'm supposed to pray for as it relates to you giving your heart to Jesus. Listen, this is no accident. You're supposed to be here in this moment. You're watching for a reason. This is a new year. This is a new you. And this is a new opportunity for you to be who God called you to be. You can't do that without Jesus in your life. Jesus died so that you could get your life on track. Jesus died so you could be forgiven for your sins. And this is your moment. If you're watching and you need Jesus, hands up now in the chat. Hands up now. Press the button that says, I want to give my life to Jesus right now. We want to pray for you. We see those hands. We see those hands. We see those hands. Father, I thank you for every person that lifted their hands. I thank you that you are accepting them into your kingdom. I thank you that today, Father God, we confess with our hearts and our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and we submit to your lordship. We submit to what you want to do in our lives. And God, we thank you that you've forgiven us for all of our sins. And we thank you that your blood was shed so that we could have access to your father. We thank you that this day, Father God, we are counted in heaven amongst all of the people who are going. Thank you.
you that you have included me. Thank you that you thought of me enough to die for my life. Thank you that you died so that I could come close to you, Father. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, so that we could have relationship with you, Father. In Jesus' name, we accept that. Amen. 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 If you lifted your hand for Jesus, your next step is growth track. We will have a growth track on January the 30th digital. So it doesn't matter whether you're watching online or whether you come to our physical church. We're doing one on January the 30th. So get yourself ready. I promise you there are there's information. If you go to our website or if you go to our link tree, actually, you can click growth track and you can sign up for growth track. I need to see you there so you can get ready to serve. That's your next step. And once you finish growth track, you can serve anywhere in our church. And we're looking for digital servants as well. Maybe you live in another country. Maybe you live in another state. Listen, I'm telling you, we have a place for you. Church has changed and so has our methods of reaching people. We need more servants that are ready to serve. We love you guys so much. Oh, don't you dare forget before you clock out of here. Listen, when I go to a great restaurant and and I'm blessed by the service, I love to be a blessing to my server. And today I'm asking you, if this service blessed you, if this service challenged you, if you felt like this was a word for God from God for you, or if you just want to simply be obedient to scriptures and continue to put God first in your giving, I want to challenge you to partner with us financially and give to Courageous Church so we can continue to see the gospel of Jesus Christ go out this year. We're believing God for a double portion. We're believing God for double the salvations, double the baptisms, double the people who go through growth track and double the effectiveness. And we can do that with your continued support financially. So If you guys want to help us, we believe in the kingdom of God. We believe that God has called this church to be here. And we believe that he's called people like you to partner with us so we can continue to do just that. To all of our faithful tithers and all of our faithful people who give offerings, thank you for helping us reach more people. And for those of you guys who are thinking and praying, is is this a good place? Is this good soil? I want to challenge you and tell you this is a good place. This is a good soil to sow into. God's doing something in Courageous Church. We want you to be a part of it. Well, next week, we'll be right back at the Brian Glacier Jewish Community Center. We will see you guys in person. I promise you guys got something else to say on this double portion series. Let's go to the next level. We'll see you next week. Courageous Church, courageous people. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at CourageousChurch.online. Courageous Church. Courageous People.